our home church, of course, and many of you, um, but maybe not to all of you. Um, I've known Sister Bradford for many years, um, about 34 years to be exact, and she has been a friend to me. She's been a counselor to me. She's been a sounding board. She's been a voice of reason to my crazy emotional self, um, and she's been a pastor's wife to me. And like the Proverbs 31 woman, Sister Bradford is grace, she's dignity, she's beauty, she's strength. She's giving me dirty looks. No. <laughs> what she is not, according to her, as she tells us, a public speaker. So when our women's committee got together and we were trying to decide who we wanted to invite to speak this year, um, someone said, really think you should speak, Sister Bradford. Oh, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> and she resisted, and we bullied her into submission, respectfully, of course. Um, but she finally relented. And the reason we were insistent uh, on having our pastor's wife speak is she's so often in the background. She's this is not her thing. She doesn't prefer to be out front. Um, but we really believe Sister Bradford has a word from the Lord to share with us. We really believe that. And we want to hear from her. So join me in welcoming Sister Bradford this morning. Thank you for the kind words all that goes with that. And I did resist. Um, I didn't want to do this, but I told them when they asked me, I said, you know what, I'll, I'll have to pray about it because I, I don't know if I can do this or not. This is just not my cup of tea. But, and I said, then I'll ask my husband. Well, I knew that he had my back and he would just tell me that, no, you don't have to do that. Well, when I told him what the request was, he said, yeah, you need to do that. But, oh, I thought I was covered, but I wasn't, but I am very humbled to stand here at the request of all of the committee. I'm grateful for you all. Uh, working with you has been a blessing. It's something that is a joy to be able to be with all of you on different occasions that we come together. And I just want to say thank you for all your help to make this such a beautiful place with all of you. If I start naming names, I will certainly forget someone. But. There are a lot of people that are involved in making this, um, this event happen. It's a lot of work, and it's something that we, we start planning. We'll have a meeting pretty quickly after today and start planning for next year. And it's, it's, there's a lot of work that goes into it, but it is such a blessing to us here and also to the ones that come. And I just want to say thank you to you all that have helped me. Sister Shoemake, you... You talked to me. You must have been um, a fly on the wall or something because that was to me. And I know that so many of others that are here, you touched their lives. And I just want to say thank you again for agreeing to come. So it was wonderful. Um, there are a lot of first time guests here, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of history. Some of you. Uh, don't know the history of our church, and we have been here for, this year will be 76 years that we've had a church in this city, 
and we're grateful for that. We started here in 1943, and our church has only had three pastors in those 76 years. That's very commendable, and I'm thankful to be a part of that, and I happen to be married to the third pastor, so I'm pleased to be a part, and um, that's why we're here today, because I married the man that I did, and also because my dad was the second pastor, so it has some to do with it as well. <laughs> my, hu my husband took on the pastoral role nine years ago, and I was born here in Bakersfield and lived all of, of my life except for seven years. I moved away when my dad pastored in Arizona for five, and then when I got married, moved away to North Dakota for two years. And I was raised in a pastor's home, and I'm very thankful for my Christian heritage. My children are fifth year, fifth generation uh, Pentecostal, and I'm thankful to be able to pass on the heritage that has been given to me and walking in the life with my family. And I'm glad that my baby girl is here with me today, Miss Paisley. I have been married for almost 30 years. I know you can't believe that because I don't look that old, but <laughs> it's my moisturizer, I promise. A big shout out to Mary Kay. <laughs> I love living this Christian life, and I'm grateful for God's mercy that he's placed in my life. I kept going back and forth between carrying on with the theme of the Proverbs 31 or something that I've just been wrestling with, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what the correct word would be, but... I, I couldn't, it just wouldn't flow. The Proverbs 31, it, it just, I couldn't get it. I just wouldn't, wouldn't come. So I just decided, okay, well, I'm just going to follow through with what I feel. And even though we are priceless, even though we are far above rubies, everybody say, I am a jewel. Even though we are a jewel, I have to follow with what God has put on my heart. And I often would think, you know, these preachers that get up there and say, you know, I had this message, this is what I was going to preach, and the Lord just had me, directed me in a different way. I thought, yeah, I'll hogwash. That's not true. But you know what? I have to say I have to believe that now because I tried so hard not to do what I'm going to speak on, and I can't get away from it, so we're just going to do it. In Matthew chapter 6, it says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, everyone say me, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. So if I was to title this today, which I'm not much of a title person, in fact, they asked me if I had a title and I couldn't share one, but it would be a call to prayer because we all have a call and we have a prayer that we need to be praying. As we know, prayer is communication with God. That's our way to to be able to talk to God. That's pray. It comes through prayer. Yes, we can, you know, we can get in the conversation with somebody else, but it, sometimes it's hard to just communicate with God. 
Well, it comes through prayer, and we need to pray more today than ever before. Communication with God is our, should be our everyday walk. It should be something that we do every day. In Zechariah 8, it says, Let us go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. And before we can become women of God, we have to learn to pray. Our petition needs to be made known unto him. And in John 5.14, it says, And this is the confidence that we have with him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. When we are faithful to our God in our prayer life, in our fasting, in our giving of ourselves, in our finances, God always gives it back to us. If we could just learn to be submissive and to do his will and to put him first. When we get complacent or satisfied with where we are in our walk with God, that's when we need to reevaluate ourselves and say, God, help me. I need to get back into your word. I need to read the Bible more, and I need to do the things of God. In the nine years that my husband has pastored, when we are working with individuals, we've heard it over and over that, you know what, I'm just not praying like I should be. I'm not where I should be with God. If we get back to where we need to be and reset the clock and get back on track, our lives would become very easy, or easier, I should say. And I want to, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be Christ-like, and I want to be pleasing unto him. In 1 John, it says, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandments. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. To know that God dwells in us and to have that proof is by having the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost comes through prayer. In Matthew 6 it says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, and that they may be seen of men. But verily I say unto you, they have the reward. I read this earlier, but I wanted to bring it out again. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. There are times that I have literally been in my closet, have gone into my literal closet where my clothes hang, and have hid my face in a pillow and cried out to God, because that's where he's going to be, and that's where we're going to find him. In fact, I was there this morning before I got here, so I knew, God, I can't do this without you. I've got to have your strength. I have to have your help, because obviously, you already know she's told on me, you are, and you know because of being around, I am not a public speaker. It's not something that comes real easy for me, but like Sister Tasha said, I want to do what God wants me to do, and I want to stretch myself, and I want to do his will, and so... That's part of being married to a pastor. You have to get up here and do some of these things. But in getting in your closet, you communicate with God, and you seek his will, and you find the peace that he gives you. 
I have also felt the prayers of you all. Um, just because knowing all the, I wanted to say at the onset of this, the text and the, the comments that you've made to me, I have felt your prayers. And I'm very thankful for that, that you have helped me through this. I learned at a very young age to have a prayer life. I can remember growing up hearing the prayers of my father and my mother in our home. I wish I could pray like my dad. He has the most beautiful words when he's praying. I don't know if any of you have had the opportunity to hear him, but it just rolls out of him, and I wish I had that ability. I'm, I'm learning, I'm trying, but he, it just rolls out of him, and that's my, my desire is to learn to pray and have a deeper walk with God. I can remember this has been this back in 2010, when something hit our home, my husband, um, he was diagnosed with cancer. And we had just been voted in as pastor in October. And he had, wasn't feeling the best and felt a lump. He thought, I better go get this checked out. So he went to the doctor <clears throat> and we went to the office visit that day, and he was, my husband was there just kind of nonchalant, not a big deal. He hadn't, he didn't think anything of it, but I'm sitting over there biting my fingernails knowing that a lump just is not, you know, that's not normal. There's something more to this. So we get in there, and the doctor comes in, and my husband's on his phone because he had failed his motorcycle driving test twice. <clears throat> and he was very upset, and so he was trying to get, on, get another appointment through the DMV online. And so I finally, I said, babe, I said, the doctor's fixing to come in. And I, I kind of, being in the medical field, I worked in the medical field for 30 years, I, I knew that this wasn't normal. So the doctor comes in, and he proceeds to tell us that my husband has cancer. My husband was in the best health that he had been in in all of his life. He had just turned 40, was working out every day, was doing great. And so how, how can this be? How, how at this stage in life, when you're supposed to be at the best shape and doing everything that you're supposed to do, how, how can this happen? So of course you have all the questions. You think, well, how, how am I going to get through this? You know, my, my husband could die and I've got these two children. At the time, Peyton was 10 and Paisley was five. And I can remember sitting down and telling him that your daddy has cancer. You know, that's hard. It's a hard thing to do. It's not something that comes very easy. So, Shandy, my heart goes out to you, sis. You've been there, and God's walked with you, and you're a blessing because you know what? God's put you in that place to be able to stand strong for someone, for some reason. And I thank God for her because she has helped many people that she doesn't even realize because she has done what God has asked her to do and carried on and been faithful to God. And I'm so thankful to see her here today. My husband was in denial. He didn't think that there was anything wrong. Um, <clears throat> the doctor was there, and he said, hey, I've got, um, I'm in the surgery center, and I can meet you at the hospital at 6 o'clock. Can you be there? Because we need to do surgery. We need to get this lump out. So he was no big deal. Yeah, I, I can be there. I'm thinking, oh, my word, how can you just be so nonchalant? You've got cancer. Do you realize what they're saying in here? Well, he did, but he's a man. doesn't think anything of it. So we get to the hospital, 
and I'm sitting there, and we hadn't told many people at that point because we wanted to trust in a miracle. We were praying. Um, Kevin's mom knew, and my dad knew, and my dad met me at the hospital, and we, he had surgery, and they wanted to, first of all, the reason why we didn't say a whole lot was because they wanted to confirm that he had cancer. Um, they go in and they do a biopsy while they're removing it, and it what they came out and they, it was confirmed that it was cancer. So I was sitting there. My dad left because it's just a process. And I remember thinking, God, you've got to help me through this. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. But it was through prayer that helped me get through that. If I hadn't had to walk with God and didn't know how to pray, I would have been a lonely individual, thinking I'm I'm doing this all by myself. I'm in this hospital waiting room with no one here with me. I'm by myself. And I can remember saying, God, I feel your peace, and I'm so thankful that you're here with me. In 1 Timothy, it says, Exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications and prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made to men. Supplications mean, it means the action of asking for something earnestly or humbly. So I began to ask God, you've got to help me through this. I need your help. Every day that I live from this day forward, you've got to help me. And it's scriptural to ask God for things. If we don't ask, how does he know? I mean, he knows everything. But if we don't ask, you know. So it says, ask and it shall be given you. So the prayer of faith is what I started praying. It says in James, and the prayers of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. When he hath committed sin, he shall be... It, and that they shall be forgiven him. So through that time, as you can know, 10 years later, we got through it all. It wasn't always easy. It wasn't always the, the most fun thing to be going through. But because of prayer, that's what got us to, through it all and got us to where we are today. There's also a type of prayer that's called corporate prayer. And that's praying together. The disciples all join together constantly in prayer. And here at GBFEC, we do prayer before service, and it's, we call it getting into the well. When you have joint prayer, linking up with people, it builds faith. It also brings unity and harmony. And it also helps to get the mindset of worship. And when we sacrifice to come to pray, he always is there for us, and he helps us get through the day and helps us to focus on what God wants us to for that evening service. And in Philippians 4, it says, Be careful for nothing, or do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. The prayer of thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, you let your requests be made known. And you acknowledge that by knowing that he is a healer and that he can save my children and that he can help me with the coworker that's not my best friend, that's causing me issues at work. The book of Psalms is a great book to reflect on and it's a book of prayers. You can call upon me and you can call upon him on any, call upon me the day of, oh, this is a verse, sorry. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Another type of prayer is called intercessory prayer. That's a prayer that 
is described as praying on the behalf of someone, someone that can't pray for themselves. There's many times that during that struggle, during the time when my husband was going through his chemo, trying to be a mom, trying to take care of him, trying to help him, I could feel the prayers of others helping me go through different times um, because you, there's times that you just don't feel like you can pray for yourself, and that's where intercessory prayer comes into the picture. There's prayer of consecration, and it is to set ourselves apart and to seek the will of God in our lives. This is very important. Sister Tasha, taught, uh, she touched on it a little bit, seeking the will of God. The will of God is very important in our lives. It doesn't matter what it is that we're trying to get the will of God for, whether it be relationships, whether it be somebody that you're working with that is not treating you right. I can remember I was working with an individual and with me being a Christian, it rubbed her the wrong way and she didn't like it. And so it was a constant battle every day that I went to work and I just started praying for her and saying, God, you've, you've got to direct me in this. I have to work, I have to, I have to that's my job, I have to be there. So help me to be able to go to work every day and realize that, you know what, she's the one with the problem because I've got God and you're on my side, and if she'll just learn that, it'll make her life easier too. It, it did in time. It actually did. God says to seek him, and he will be there for you. I've lost my place. Oh, and seeking God's will if you are carnally minded, it's probably not going to be the best time to be seeking his will because if you're not doing things that are biblical or you're going against the way that what God says and what he's teaching us, you'll have a hard time finding God's will. But you have to ask God specifically, I need to know your will. I need you to help me find your will. When you're making decisions, it will make it so much easier. And if you pray for God's will, he will direct you. And those that are seeking relationships, wanting to be married, just remember that this is the second most important thing that you're going to do in your whole life. And the first one is living for God. That's the number one thing that you need to do. But when you're, you're trying to find your soulmate, you need to make sure that you seek God's will because that is, it's so very important. There are worse things, and I don't know who I'm talking to, but I just feel this. There's worse things in life than being single, and that's being married and miserable. You don't need to rush things. It's all in God's timing. There was a time in my life when I was seeking God's will. Um, I was engaged. I was at the dating age. And this is kind of funny because we just attended a wedding, and one of the individuals was 73 years old, so I guess dating age can be at any time in life, but <laughs> I was a teenager. And I was engaged. I was making wedding plans and had my wedding dress, and I was doing all that you do to get married. And God didn't see fit. He didn't want that individual for me. And I didn't understand at first, but I just was getting very uneasy. 
And I thought, God, you've got to help me. I thought this was my soulmate. I thought this was the one that I was supposed to be with for the rest of my life. And I just kind of started getting distant. And of course, the individual, my fiance at the time, felt that. And he was wondering what was going on. And I was wondering what was going on, as I thought this is what, this is what it was supposed to be. Well, he had other plans, and I'm glad that I was able to seek God's will because had I not, I would have lived a miserable life. I probably wouldn't be serving God today because I would have made the wrong choice. And I can say that I was brokenhearted. I can say that I was sad. I can say that it wasn't the best day of my life, but I knew that I made the right decision because it wasn't his will. And you say, well, how do you know God's will? When you are living right and you are making righteous decisions, you're making righteous choices, and you're putting God first, you are seeking his will. And he will let you know what his will is, whether it be audible, whether it be through a feeling, like she was stating earlier. You just know. It's like somebody was asking, well, how do you know when you're in love? You just you just know. I don't know how to explain it. It's that feeling. You just know. But I knew that that wasn't the will of God for my life at that time. And I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to break it off. And so I just started praying, God, you know that the breakup can't come from me. It has to be his decision. Because I, I know that if I were to be the one to end it, it wouldn't end well. I would be the one that was the, the bad person. I would be the one that, because you did this, my son this, or because you didn't follow through with the marriage, then that's why he's not living for God. Well, I knew that would happen because in my heart, I knew that wasn't the right decision. But I, I thought, how do I do this? So of course, he came through and he, he realized that because of my distance, and because of, of God working it out, he broke the marriage off. And it was very upsetting for, for a time, very uh, discouraging. But God can change a sad story and make it a very beautiful story because it was just a very short time that I found my honey. <laughs> and he rescued me. <laughs> But when you seek God's will, and even with that, I can remember Kevin and I fasting and praying together and knowing that, you know what, I want the will of God in my life. I, I want to make the right decision because I don't want to live a miserable life. I want his will, and I want to be doing the work of God together. So he came along, and I hadn't been broken up with the individual very long and Kevin came to town and he was visiting some family. And some of you have heard this story, so I've, did you just have to bear with me telling it again? But I felt like it was necessary to tell it this with what I'm talking about, just seeking God's will. He came and we had gone to the fair. There was a big group of us that had gone to the fair and I, I wasn't interested because I had just gotten out of a relationship. I wasn't interested in dating anyone else. It was, it was too soon. It was too quick. But, of course, he pursued me. And it wasn't, but a month and a half later, I think it was, that 
we were going to um, general conference, and Kevin was a Bible quizzer, so he was going to be there. And so when we get there, I check into the room. My dad had gone a couple days earlier, and, and myself and Deanne, I don't know if she's here, she actually flew with me. We were there together, and we were in the hotel room for 30 minutes, and the, she teases me, even to this day, she teases me and says, we weren't in the room but 30 minutes, and he was already calling you. But it was kind of fun because it was like a new chapter in my life, and he obviously wanted to take me out, so we went out to dinner, went to the banquet, and the rest is pretty much history because here we are today, almost 30 years later, and because I sought his will, I married my best friend, and he's a soulmate, and I can say that I truly believe that I'm in the will of God. And when we pray the prayer of consecration and seek his will, our lives can become very beautiful. Another type of prayer is the prayer of worship. And in this, it's the focus on God. It's the focus on that he is our savior and he is our healer and that he has redeemed us and he has forgiven us. And I love him, don't you love him? We have talked about several types of prayer today. And in the word of God, it teaches us how to pray. And in Luke 11, it says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And then these are the words of Jesus. But when you pray, use not vain repetition, as the heathens do, for they think that it, they shall be heard for their much speaking. But not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what ye have need of before you even ask. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father also will forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. If the musicians and singers will come and help me out. We must learn to forgive we must be able to forgive to move forward in the kingdom of God. There are times in our life when we have been wronged. Circumstances have come our way that we haven't asked for. Or maybe we have asked for it. Maybe we've made some crazy decisions, some stupid decisions. But we need to forgive. And sometimes it's just forgiving ourselves. We've got to learn to forgive ourselves. Forgiveness is not always easy, but it's such a beautiful thing when we learn to forgive and when God's presence replaces bitterness and anger and he replaces it with love and joy and peace. Having a prayer life can help conquer bitterness. You say, how do you overcome it? You've got to get to the root of the problem. You've got to dig it out. And that comes through prayer. Let's all stand together.
In Hebrews 12, it says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Bitterness, it thrives on sympathy. And bitterness can cause stress and anxiety. I read something lately, just not too long ago, that stated to conquer bitterness, it says to stop spying on the individual that triggers your bitterness. Go figure that one out. Social media and technology has created a large appetite for bitterness to grow. That's, it's, all, it's just in your face. It's always there. And it also stated that this is a form of self-torture and it can become addictive. Bitterness is often disguised as fear. And fear is a great big word. It's fear of change, fear of failing. And in 1 John, it says, there is no fear in love, but a perfect love casteth out all fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth not is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And we need to pray today that God helps us with our prayer life and that it takes out fear because God loves us and he's a merciful God. As they begin to sing, I feel that it would be great, it would be a good idea if we would just gather in here today and just begin to pray, God, help us. Help us to have a prayer life. Help us to live for you. Help us to be more like you. We sing this song together and come forward. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. A house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. A house of prayer. The fire on my altar never burn out. Burn out, make me a house of prayer. 